often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 468. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Living it up. Didn't work overtime this week, so I've gotten plenty of rest. And I'm not aided by Red Bull today, as normally I have been, to try to uh, fight the lack of sleep. Is uh, not really a problem today. So I'm not talking a mile a minute uh, today because of the fact that uh, there's there's no Red Bull. Maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> recording a little early, too, uh, since I, I'm not actually working today as normally I would work uh, most Saturdays. I'm not working today, so I'm actually recording a bit early. So it's a little weird for me. Uh, as uh, here lately, I've been recording kind of late at night, like 8 p.m. or so, whereas now it's like a little after 1. So, so that's that's new for me, <laughs> as well as just having sleep. S- still not sleeping eight hours a, a night, but uh, I don't know that I've ever been one to do that much. S- five to six hours is like uh, my, my uh, average if I've got the time to sleep. <laughs> And I'm okay on like six hours, five, six. That's that's fine for me. If I sleep too long, I'm going to be feeling a lot of pain. A lot of pain. I'm going to feel like somebody worked me over with a fucking baseball bat. Um, I figured I'd knock it out a little bit early today too, th- seeing that uh, I will be going over to the Muffin Hut later. And I, I, you know, maybe would have waited to record over there, but all my recording gear is here now at the penthouse. So there's really no point in uh you know recording over there if i were to do so i'd have to load up all the gear you know tear it down first load it up then drive over there unload set up it's that it's a whole thing that's 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 a big pain in my ass <laughs> although back in the early days of the podcast that's what i would do when we'd record every show as uh for the first I don't remember how long. <laughs> Better part of the first year, I would drive over to Edwardsville, Illinois, and uh, go over to Shelley's. And it was it took like a good hour to. Uh, well, I, I kept everything in in uh, cases and stuff, but like I loading up the car initially to go over there wasn't a big deal. But then it took like a good hour <laughs> once I got there. It was like an hour and a half drive. Once I got there, it was like an hour setup, and then it was a good hour, you know, tearing tearing shit down and loading it back up. <laughs> so it was a big, it was a big long process to go through for each show. As, uh, but those were exciting days. It was a lot more exciting then. We had a lot more going on. Now you know it's still living the days of the pandemic. There's really just not much going on. But uh, <laughs> I've been, of course, still watching a lot of movies as I'm trying. Trying to get through the uh, book "Save the Cat" on the screenwriting, which I'm getting close to, and uh, you know, learning more about the structure of writing a screenplay. As uh, hopefully one day I'll, I'll I'll finish one. It'll probably be shit, and then maybe I can do some rewrites and make it less shitty. <laughs> 
but I, I would like to have like one finished one. Whether or not it'll sell or anything like that is, it doesn't mean anything. I don't have any faith that it will sell. I just feel the need to complete one. <laughs> I could at least do some smaller ones. I used to write sketches a little bit, you know, which would be good for this show if I would, you know, go back to that. That was good times. Good, good times. But uh, because I've been learning the uh, the screenplay format and stuff, the uh, proper way to uh, structure everything, I've been still continuing on going back and watching some old classics. Got through uh, Predator, the Arnold classic. Shit, get to the chopper, you know. Uh, <laughs> fucking Carl Weathers was jacked back then. I guess it was uh, post-Apollo Creed, but like, man... That fucking handshake whenever uh, Carl Weathers and uh, Arnold, Dutch, and Dylan, <laughs> I believe is uh, Carl Weathers' character, they give that sh- handshake at being just fucking, just fucking jacked. Both of those arms, just testosterone-filled fucking action movie fucking goodness. It's just fucking America right there. Boom. Just... Big guns, even though, you know, Arnold's Austrian. But he's, at this point, lived in America way longer than he ever lived in Austria. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's it's still a classic. Although watching it now, I feel like it does get a little slow at times. You're waiting for the action to happen. I feel like they could... In the terms of the Save the Cat there, they've got too much laying of the pipe as they're just building up <laughs> for the Predator to come out. Like I've, I feel like you get to the action a little bit faster in that movie. Still, though, still fucking classic. I mean, the sounds of the Predator itself. I think the one of the coolest things about the Predator and what really makes the movie like if they didn't do this like it would be it just wouldn't be as good but the uh sounds that the predator makes itself which i i can't mimic it i didn't get any sound clips of that but uh just the snarls and st- I don't know, snarls is probably not the right term but <laughs> the predator sounds uh comes from the great legendary fucking voice actor peter cullen who is the voice of Optimus Prime. You know, as a kid from the 80s, I uh, I loved me some uh, Optimus Prime growing up, and hearing that fucking Peter Cullen voice is fantastic. And I didn't really know until, I don't know, a few years ago that uh, he, he did the uh, sound effects for the pressure. And uh, like, holy shit, he got even cooler. <laughs> but those sound effects, the Predator really... You can tell when it's near. You start hearing the sounds and everything. So good. So good. Really sets the tone. Really puts you in that atmosphere. You like you can hear. It's like you hear the Predator coming up on you. It's just great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, though, uh, it was Shelly's birthday of Tuesday. Unfortunately, we didn't do anything too crazy. Like uh, Shelly and I went out to... Uh, Ellisville to Dewey's Pizza, which I hadn't been to, I guess, in a couple years at this point. Had some fucking killer pizza there. If you're unfamiliar with the Dewey's Pizza chain, I know there's several in the Missouri area. I know of one in Edwardsville, Illinois. 
I don't know if it's a national chain or what. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's like huge. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's got some. They got some good shit. We ate way too much pizza. I made the mistake of ordering the 17-inch pizza without really <laughs> thinking in my head just how fucking big that is for two people. It turned out to be way too fucking big. Had uh, the we did a half and half on it. Had uh, half meatball, which they had the fresh mozzarella. Which uh, Subway has gone back to using, and uh, that stuff is good. Killer, by the way. And, uh, I mean, it had meatballs on it and marinara. There wasn't a whole lot special to it, but it was fucking good. The meatball. And then we had the uh, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> now, I don't remember everything on that, but I know it had feta cheese. They don't, there's no real, like, pizza sauce, per se. There's no marinara on that. But they have uh, the feta cheese, Kalmata olives. I guess I guess that's the name of the elves and uh, a few other things, but that stuff's pretty good. The Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, the one I I think my favorite though of all times going to Dewey's Pizza, which is usually they just have it as special. They didn't have it when we went Tuesday, but they tend to have uh, one called the Cubano or something. Or I don't think it's just called the Cuban, but it has like ham and mustard on it. <laughs> With other stuff. Man, it's... Oh, and pickle. I think there's pickle. Yeah. That fucking... Oh. So, so good. It is fucking fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> But, uh... Anywho, it was, uh... That was pretty much... We He tossed around some ideas. And... We didn't, uh, we didn't end up doing a whole lot other than the pizza. There was this whole, you know, COVID thing that's like back hitting hard here. Even though both of us are vaccinated, we were kind of apprehensive really to go out and do much. Went to uh, a miniature shop deal. Uh, they have, of course, magic cards and a lot of board games uh, over on uh, Manchester Road. We stopped in there. I got to say that I'd never been there before. They have quite the selection of board games. They had the Evil Dead 2 board game. I, like, I saw some cool shit, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> I don't need to be buying any board games. I hang out by myself all the time now. I don't really need board games because I I don't know when I the fuck I'd ever play it. So I, Nobody ever comes over here. Nobody hangs out at the penthouse. It's a pretty sad penthouse. Uh <laughs> But it's a world to my own. I've really uh, got back to playing guitar. Anyway, <laughs> I really don't need to defend myself to myself here. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we we hung out there for a little bit, and uh, I thankfully didn't buy any board games. They're making any uh, bad money decisions there. Uh, and then that was that was uh, sadly it. We had talked about maybe going to see a movie and uh at one point like looked into the Foo Fighters the ex- tickets were expensive and then uh uh Shelly I guess had a uh, a ticket he could go and just see it but uh there was the, you know I think there's the whole coronavirus thing that really killed that just like that's a lot of people to be hanging around with and it's a big problem in Missouri right now so and we were initially talking about going to uh the Washington, that's Washington, Missouri, if you're not uh, from around these parts, uh, 
town and country fair there uh, they do every year although of course last year it was canceled because of the pandemic but um it's a big deal for Washington and it's like i think one of the bigger fairs in the state of Missouri I know it's it's not the state fair. The state fair happens in Sedalia. I'm not sure when exactly that happens. I have not gone to that. But I know the city of Washington makes uh, at least several million, I believe, each year off the fair. So, I mean, it hurt not having that last year. I know as a child, I fucking loved the fair. It was like I looked forward to that like all summer long, even though it meant – as soon as the fair was over, it was like the day after. It was like that's when school would generally start, and that was a fucking bummer. But uh, <laughs> I hated school growing up. <laughs> However, uh, I remember always looking forward to the fair and just seeing my friends at the fair because back then I didn't have ways of keeping in contact with them or, you know, I wasn't as much of a recluse as I've become now, pandemic days. But, uh, it was a very exciting thing, and there was, uh, back in the day, back when I would go all the time, it was like $20 for the week pass, because it goes on from Wednesday through to Sunday on those days, and you buy a ticket for each day, like the the pass for the whole week, and it's, uh, then it was like $20. Now, it's, it's a bit more. <laughs> it, uh, just today alone, because we were talking about possibly going today uh muffin being the muffin man shelly and myself but just today alone is like 35 dollars to get just in the door <laughs> which uh, like as an adult uh i really haven't been as enthused for the fair because it keeps getting pricier and pricier plus the weather is usually shitty it's really hot we're raining a bunch and uh <laughs> it's lost it's uh charm to me like as a kid I loved it I mean I loved going to the rides and just uh the fucking games and shit you could play pop the balloons get a prize sort of shit uh and then just hanging out causing mayhem maybe watching the motocross but I I had to go like every day let's like let's go every day I mean they've got all kinds of shit that goes on at the fair they do have really good food too that's one thing I like would you know enjoy to have is uh, some of that food killer food like the ice cream sandwich with the waffle around it that's possibly my favorite really good brats when you go there too and uh funnel cake although i don't really usually partake in the funnel cakes a whole lot but funnel you know funnel cake can be good at times and uh but uh <laughs> i remember i remember buying a lot of just useless shit as a as a kid from there and just like things the coolest shit ever i bought like this really cheap bull whip that was not made very well it, i had it for a couple of years man that thing fell apart it i mean it was cool i would probably still buy that now but there was buying these really shitty wallets and stuff because they always have those uh booths set up where they're selling merch <laughs> not like fair merch but just like they're set, like back when I was a kid, of course, the chain wallets were fucking all the rage. I never got the chain wallet, but I, I believe I had a few wallets from the fair. It was, uh, they would just sell, have booths set up where they would sell shit like that, which I imagine they still do. 
Um, <laughs> that stuff just doesn't interest me now. Although uh, they might still have some cool posters. I remember that was a thing that they would often have, like really cool shit. A lot of posters that you could buy. And, well, some of them you could win, but uh, the ones you could just go buy seemed like a better bet. <laughs> uh, as an adult, it was, I guess, cool for a while. Like, when I had first started drinking, it was uh, like, ooh, I got to get drunk at the fair. Because I remember as a child not really being able to hang out around the beer tent. or I mean, you can, but it's just you're run, run, bat, bleh, around a bunch of uh, drunk adults. It's not... Maybe the best thing to do, unless you want to just make fun of a bunch of drunks. Uh, but I remember seeing uh, as a kid all these uh, guys like carrying fucking buckets, not like a bucket of filled with like bottles of beer, but like a bucket with beer in it and drinking from the bucket. <laughs> and. For- <laughs> I remember thinking, man, I really want one of those buckets. <laughs> I never did get one of those buckets as an adult, but I did get very, very, very drunk like two or three times at the fair. And uh, there were some interesting moments, though, from the, those drunkenness at the fair. Like, uh, I think the first time I went to the fair and got drunk and... uh it was with uh, my good friend Toddy. Uh, Todd, uh, he, uh, we've known each other since like the sixth grade, and uh, he was on the podcast many uh, years ago. Uh, and I don't think we went over this, but there we had some interesting times there at the fair, and uh, there was the one time at the fair. It wasn't this one wasn't too crazy, but I remember being. <laughs> So drunk <laughs> by the end of the night. This is, I would f- fathom to guess that I was probably about 24 or so. 24, probably not, 23, 24, something like that. And uh, being very intoxicated and uh, walking, it's near the end of the night. And we're walking around the beer tent area. And then uh, some girl, which I maybe I knew her, I don't know, but she came up behind me and like uh, grabbed my ass, like full on like cuppage and squeezed and then just kept walking. It was like a, <laughs> it seemed almost like random grabbing. And then, uh, <laughs> but I was so drunk, it, it took me a second. I was like, whoa, what did that just like happen? But she grabbed like wallet side, t- side too, so. It wasn't like she was getting a full, like, cuppage action. <laughs> she wasn't getting, you know, I don't know, enough bang for her buck. But I, all I could tell was she, I was, again, very drunk. And uh, all I could tell was she had blonde hair. And uh, she looked pretty good from the backside. But I was like, hey, what the hell's going on here? Maybe <laughs> maybe I should pursue this or something. But, uh, then my brain's not functioning properly but I'm like did that really happen did she just like grab my ass and as I'm thinking this she made another pass around and like grabbed my ass again I was like oh that was intentional (laughs) the wheels are are turning enough at this point like oh yeah that was intentional that was very much intentional so then like I changed I took my wallet on my uh, back pocket like put it in the front pocket expecting another grab but then it didn't happen and we tried to find this girl that kept grabbing my ass 
But at that point, like when we started moving, then it was like uh, uh, Todd and I were both uh, too intoxicated to <laughs> locate a girl with just, she had like a red shirt and blonde hair and there was no fucking way I was going to find her in the sea of people <laughs> being drunk off my ass. <laughs> I don't know what was going to happen when I found her anyway. There was just very drunk that it had anything happened. It wouldn't have probably been good. <laughs> But I remember like, ooh, hey, what's going on? And uh, who kn- hell, it could have been a dude that was actually grabbing my ass. For, like, I don't know. I, I wish I could p- replay that back in my head because I know I was just obscenely drunk. <laughs> Pretty sure it wasn't Todd that was grabbing my ass, though. Pretty certain on that. <laughs> the best moment, though, happened. I wouldn't say this was after that incident. I want to say it was like the year after. Although maybe we just went several days in that in that week. I'm not sure. But on this particular occasion, uh, Todd and I went and we had his, uh, brother, my good friend, Carl along for this, this, uh, expedition as it were. And, uh, (laughs) Carl, uh, hasn't drank, uh, in many years, as far as I'm aware, because he converted to Mormonism when he joined the military and married a Mormon woman, so, like, he was the, uh, you know, he, he won't touch alcohol and all that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> Toddy and I, you know, we were drinking plenty enough for at least, like, eight people, so we had that covered. However, I just want to be clear, Carl, 100% sober <laughs> for this incident. And at this point, we're uh, walking through the fair. Todd and I had found... Like, the first time we, like, got drunk in the fair, we just went to, like, the beer tent, and we're just getting beers. Though uh, neither one of us were, were, like, really big into the beer at the time. And so it was just a means to an end, getting the beer. However, this time we found a tent where they had a full open bar. (laughs) And it was like, oh, hell yes, getting some... uh, (laughs) I would imagine I was getting rum and cokes. That was my my drink of choice back then. You know, preferably Captain and Coke. That was my go-to drink. So I'm sure I was, you know, knocking those back. And we we were again really drunk. And Carl, 100% sober. So uh, <laughs> the band Little Feet was out playing at the entertainment area, and uh, none of us at that time knew who the hell Little Feet was. We had no clue. But as we're drunkenly walking past there, and of course Carl's still sober, <laughs> uh, Carl ends up going, yeah, just yelling out, little feet, little feet, just woo, yeah, little feet. And then just like doing this like silly little dance and everything to little little feet. I guess he's just trying to make Todd and I laugh, which is pretty easy to do since we are, you know, 10 sheets to the wind. And... uh <laughs> This little girl's like, yeah, awesome moves, man. <laughs> All this stuff to Carl's dance moves and stuff. And he's just being, he's just being silly. He's uh, making ridiculous decisions here. And uh, as he's yelling little feet again, like more people are like, yeah, and like he's dancing. More people like cheering him on for like his dance moves. <laughs> and uh, as he continues to yell little feet, this woman that uh, I would guess to be in her mid thirties who was very attractive. And, uh, we were all in our like mid to early twenties, I guess like early twenties. 
and uh, we <laughs> she goes, hey, I have little feet. And we're like, oh, hey. And like she comes over and, again, very attractive. She had flip-flops on, and she showed us her feet. And we're like, Todd and I, the real drunk ones, like, yeah, you got little feet. <laughs> you you would be correct. Yes. Yes, you are correct. And I do not remember how the conversation segued from her having little feet to her having fake breasts, but somehow it did. And we had already found out at this point in time that she was married. Uh some like it it didn't seem like a very long conversation, but it got to the point like somehow she mentioned she had fake breasts. And uh, when, as soon as she did that, Todd immediately goes, well, do they feel real? And then she goes, well, here, you want to grab them? Go ahead, like, grab them. And then uh, Todd's like, uh, well, is your husband going to mind? <laughs> he, was, he was sober enough to be worried about that, at least. And she goes, ah, nah. She, then she just... Again, there's a big crowd of people. There's a lot of people watching Little Feet play. And <laughs> she yells, I don't know which one was her husband. I don't even think I knew that day, like, which one was her husband, who he was, how big he was. Like, <laughs> but she just, like, yells over, hey, over everybody, hey, this guy's going to grab my boob and, like, points at Todd. <laughs> And then without, like, a pause after she, like, yells that out across, like, this sea of people, Todd, like, grabs a hold of her fake breast and just squeezes so hard you can see the veins, like, popping out in his arm. Like, it looked like he might have popped a blood vessel. It was (laughs) just, it was like the handshake in Predator with, (laughs) with Carl Weathers. And Arnold's hands just meet, just... And then, of course, the uh, Little Feet girl, she's just like... uh, She's very drunk, too, I should mention. Very drunk, it would appear. And uh, she's just like... I'm glad my kids aren't here. (laughs) And that was the end of that. That was the... One of the weirder moments I've had out in public. (laughs) Just, uh, But I guess, you know, if... You're going to get fake breasts. You're going to be like, let everybody try it out. Try it out. Look, I got boobs now. So, uh, so yeah, that was, <laughs> that's one of those moments, though, you can't go back and expect that to happen. I mean, that's just something that's going to happen. I mean, if we were to go to the fair tonight, I don't know that's going to happen. I'm thinking we're probably not going to go to the fair because there is a partici- participation prize for pretty much everybody that goes, I believe, and that's, you know, the coronavirus. So I don't I don't know that I want any part of that. Again, even though I am vaccinated, um, I'm not afraid of what, you know, will happen to me. I just don't want to end up having to fucking quarantine for a while <laughs> and be out of work and also, you know, possibly infect other people and, uh, you know, have them go to the hospital or whatever might occur. So it just doesn't seem, doesn't necessarily seem worth it. Although if it, I will say though, if Shelly and Muffin Man do want to go, you know, I guess I'll go. <laughs> I guess so. I'm thinking they don't want to go. Earlier in the week, 
or last week, I guess, I got the impression that they were like gung ho about going. And uh, this week, I've both of them. I I feel like they don't want to go, so I feel safe. I feel safe. You can just hang out in the penthouse. Although I, I you know, probably gonna go to the Muffin Hut later, play some guitar. That I'm all for. Just crank that Marshall half stack. I haven't plugged into the Marshall in a long time. I'm not sure when it was. It was like when I first moved in here. I think it had to be. Uh, Something like that. I think when I sold the silk screening gear, I went and plugged the guitar in very briefly. But uh, it was something like that. <laughs> well, hell, it wasn't even when I sold it. It was because I just grabbed the shit from Muffin Man's and then brought it here. It had sat here for a while before I, I, uh, I was able to actually get somebody out here to buy it, which I, I guess it's working out good for the guy. He hasn't uh, messaged me in a while. I know... Uh, he messaged me a little bit early on just trying to see how shit worked. Hopefully it's suiting him well. I think I gave him a really good deal on it. But, uh, but yeah, the fair. <laughs> uh, I, I know ZZ Top was supposed to play, though, tonight. Not that I'm big into ZZ Top, but I'm not sure if that's going. I guess that's still happening. I know their bass player did pass away this last week. And uh, I think they're having like their guitar tech fill in or something like that, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh man! Speaking of the fair, I really say that when I was a kid, I maybe it is the fact that I'm 40 years old, and there's just you know when you experience stuff as a kid, you hold it in higher regards. Uh, but I'm pretty certain that it was better when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on that. Pretty sure. And my reasoning is, uh, like, even there's a new company that runs the fair that, uh, like, when I was a kid and for a very long time, the Lowry family ran it. Now it's somebody else. I'm not sure who it is that does it now. But uh, the rides were a lot fucking cooler (laughs) when the Lowry's had it. And not, not even when I was a kid. I'm talking... I don't, I don't remember what year now they stopped doing it. Uh, I'm not even sure what, what happened there. Uh, but, the uh, man, they used to have some really kick-ass rides. And I'm a fan of amusement uh, park rides. I, I unfortunately haven't gone to amusement park in quite a while. I would like to... would like to go back to, like, Six Flags at some point and go just hop on some coasters and stuff. I love me some roller coasters. Uh, but there used to be a lot more rides for older people, it seems like. when I ran past the fair twice now because I live within a mile, a little over a mile, I guess, from the fairgrounds. And so I'm able to like look and see what everything they have in there. And the last time I went, it was kind of the same situation. I think it was 2019 when Shelly and I went, and that was the one and only time I went since, like, the Lowry's stopped doing it. But, like, there was same situation in 2019. It looks like the same as what's going on now. But they just, most of the rides are for, like, like really small kids, most of them. There's just, and it used to be, they always had that. Of course you're going to have that. 
I mean, that's a big draw for the amusement park rides is to have your kitty rides. Uh, but there, there used to be like the Gravitron, like which was, I guess, like a saucer type shape, and it was enclosed. So, like you would get in, it'd be completely enclosed, and it was one of those things that just spun really fast, and then uh, gravity would just fucking <laughs> stick you to the wall. <laughs> you could like climb up the wall because <laughs> like you were just stuck to the wall, and uh, I guess. I remember. I guess the Gravitron went up and down and stuff. I don't really remember, but the Gravitron was very similar to the Roundabout, which I know the Roundabout was like uh, it was open, like uh, it was a big circular circular deal that would uh, spin really fast, and you would get stuck to the walls, of course. And then that one I know would lift up off the ground and tilt to the side and up and down as you're like stuck. It's like, uh, that one was, I always did like those rides. Those were pretty fucking cool. Um, and they had, uh, <clears throat> it seemed like just a lot more <laughs> cooler rides like that. <laughs> like the Scrambler. I don't even think they have the Scrambler anymore. And I don't really know how to describe that one per se, other than, uh, like you're sitting in a cart and it flings you around. <laughs> and just, uh, but there's, uh, man. Although maybe maybe it is just me getting old, but it it seems it seems like there was more rides geared toward just bigger kids and you know even adults really. And there's just that I think is probably the, <laughs> the most down part for me because that was really why one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to go to the fair because I love riding amusement park rides and uh, just doing the crazy stuff. Though maybe, again, too, I've done stuff now that is a lot more epic than a lot of the rides, even when I was a kid. So perhaps <laughs> doing those things has uh, really uh, made it not so special. Like, uh, I did the uh, dragon swing one year at uh, Six Flags, and it, uh, I don't know if it's still there. This was set quite a few years back. I would imagine it is, but it was set up right next to the boss. And, uh, this is of course six flags in Eureka. And, uh, it it goes like something like a hundred something feet in the air. Like you, I think you can go by yourself or you can go with like a friend. There's like a tandem thing. And Trebejo and I did it, uh, at one point together we both went up there and you they just pull you up like you're on a very small harness <laughs> and they there's like a wire that pulls you up like 100 something feet in the air which is fucking epic you have to sign i if i remember correctly there was a very like almost a novel you had to like read <laughs> and sign sign away from like if you die from this like yeah it's not on us buddy you're the fucking idiot going up here and uh <laughs> Letting us drop you on this little fucking wire, like a hundred something feet in the air. And, uh, like, yeah, I had no problems doing that. Trebejo's like, yeah, let's fucking do this. And, uh, Trebejo's got, uh, uh, he's been wearing glasses since we were very little. And, uh, he, he couldn't, of course, wear his glasses when we went and did that. His vision's not real great without the glasses. Really not great. And, 
somehow we ended up uh, deciding he was going to be the one to pull a cord because one like when you they raise you to the top, then they do a countdown, and then it's you have the control to pull the cord to drop you, and then uh, <laughs> Trebejo was the one doing it, and we're like. You're like laying like a Superman type pose too, like whenever you're up on the harness too. Fun fact. And uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember them doing the countdown, and Matt had a hard time like finding the cord because he couldn't fucking see it. It was like blind, so it took. There was like a hesitation. It seemed like an eternity because when we were up there, and it was like you know, in such a slow time getting to the top. You know, they don't just like fly you up there, like just race you up to the top. It's like a bit of, it was a slow climb. And uh, they want to be safe about it. <laughs> but then as soon as you pull that cord, it releases all the tension. <laughs> or it releases the cord and then you drop. Like you have free fall for, I don't know how many seconds it was. It was probably like six, seven seconds or something. But you drop a <laughs> Very far, very fast. And it was like just one of the coolest feelings. And then, of course, when tension gets back on the, the wire, then you just you swing. That Hence the dragon swing. The swing part's not as cool. But that free fall, <laughs> you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. Maybe there was a small part of me like, ooh, we might die. <laughs> I don't think so, though. Like, I was really... It's just like this is fun. <laughs> I let uh, and uh, sadly I haven't uh haven't done anything quite like that in quite some time. But after doing stuff like that, like uh, I mean, doing going to Ireland when I went there and like doing stuff like where I climbed to the top of Skellig Michael, that was that was kind of in the same vein. Like it was a hard time getting up those stairs, and there's nothing to hold on to for many parts, and you're kind of hanging off a cliff. There was no free fall, thankfully. That would have meant I would have fallen off the island. <laughs> People have done that and died, so. There was a little bit of excitement there, and also danger. Real danger. In the danger zone. But, uh, man, I would I would like to go back and do a coaster or something. Just, uh, the thought of, like, jumping out of a plane was interesting to me at one point in time, too, though. I don't know. Now, I, I, yeah, you know, I'd probably do it if I had the opportunity. But then, like, <laughs> it's not like one of those things, like, I'm just, if I, to do something like that, I wouldn't, like, plan out way in advance. It'd be like, oh, I have the chance to do that today. Like, eh, fuck it, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> That's kind of how I'd approach that. I don't know that I'd ever, like, take vacation out and go, like, yes, we're going to do this. But if I knew a guy... <laughs> Which already seems sketchy. Like, hey, I know a guy. He's got a plane. Let's jump out of it. <laughs> These shoots seem fine. I don't know. We tried them out like three years ago. We packed them in there. I'm sure I'm sure we did a good job. We were kind of drunk at the time. But, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that could be why I don't uh, think the fair rides are that great anymore. But I'm pretty certain, though, that there were better rides as a kid. Better rides. Although it could be the situation, too, though, now. 
you know, people are a little bit more concerned about, say, lawsuits. If somebody gets injured, that could be more of an issue as to why these rides aren't quite as good. As whereas some of those rides when we were kids probably weren't the safest. <laughs> Again, adds to the excitement, though. Adds to the excitement. Like the uh, park, which I had talked about it, I don't know, a year or two ago when uh, I had the HBO uh, Max or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and they had uh, the class action park. Where it's just, Action Park is what it was called in New Jersey, and they. Uh, I'm almost sad that I didn't grow up around that area. I want to say it was New Jersey. It was around New York, New Jersey. I want to say it was New Jersey. Anyway, holy fucking shit! Like the if you want to see some crazy amusement park shit, watch that doc on HBO. Class Action Park. Those motherfuckers were insane. Insane. Kids were getting injured every fucking day doing the rides in there. And I, if there would have been a place like that near me as a child to where I could have like just fuck gotten a, a ride from a friend's parents or something, you damn right. You damn skippy I would have gone and done it. As an adult, I would have been like, ooh, how many people get injured here every day? Like, ah. Uh, I can't, I can't afford to like miss work, so uh, I'm afraid I can't do it. <laughs> uh, like especially now, now I got a mortgage. Like I can't get injured. That's just not good, <laughs> not a good idea. Uh, but as a child, it'd been like, fuck yes, let's do this. Although I would have, I felt quite invincible as a child. I don't think I would would have had the thought in my head that I would actually get injured doing it, even though. It would appear by watching that documentary, like 90% of the kids that went there got injured at some point, if not constantly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thankfully and not thankfully, that place was not near me. It was definitely around whenever I was growing up. I was the right age. I just didn't live in New Jersey, nor did I have any friends or family that lived around there to go visit and then go get injured at class action park. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we just had six flags and then we had the fair like once a year. And so, uh, we didn't go to six flags a whole lot though. Cause six flags was expensive. even even as a youth, but, uh, there for a while, a couple of years, when I first turned an adult, I was 18, and there was like three or four years where I had the Six Flags seasons pass so I could go all summer long. And I would go quite a bit at that point in time. And it was really weird. There was always this one guy that at the time, I guess, looked about, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. Uh, bald head. Or, well, he had hair on the sides, but... uh. <laughs> Always wearing like t-shirt blue jeans. I wouldn't say cowboy boots, but maybe cowboy boots. But he and he was always, no matter what day we would seem to fucking go, was it at Six Flags or like he would be at the, like the Washington Fair. <laughs> I don't know if he was a creep or anything. I didn't ever see him touch any children or like linger. Um. <laughs> It seemed a bit odd. He was always by himself. I guess maybe he just really, 
I think maybe he just really loved amusement park rides. I'm hoping that's the case. Hoping. I'm hoping he didn't have, like, a child in his basement uh, and just, like, feeding him through the fucking crack in the door or something, you know, doing some real fucking crazy shit. Some uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, you know, puts, it puts the lotion in the basket or puts the lotion on the skin and puts the lotion in the basket. Uh, <laughs> doing that kind of shit, you know, dressing up in a skin suit pretending to be his mother, you know, which I guess... I guess in Silence of the Lambs, I don't know that there's any talk about him being his mother. That's more, but where they got the source material they used was Ed Gein, and that's that's what he did. He he made a skin suit to look like his mother. He pretended to be his mother, which is you know, yeah, it's it's a bit it's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked up. Uh, uh, but yeah, other than. Uh, the fair going on, I, man, I think I've, I've made the decision. I've just been just so into watching shit on Instagram. I've like rarely ever like post like pictures anymore, which is what I was always for on Instagram was like finding photographers with really cool pictures, which I still uh, follow a lot of awesome photographers and like seeing the pictures and Instagram would really help push me to like travel to different places seeing just how awesome a lot of these sites are that I that I would end up going to and uh, a lot of places I would love to fucking go see is just cuz of seeing like pictures of uh these places and uh but anyway <laughs> I get on there now and I follow you know a lot of people like Adam Jones from Tool and uh the brand president of Gibson Cesar Gukin. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but Cesar, he seems like a really fucking cool dude. He's apparently really good friends with Adam Jones. And I like the direction, like they're going over there at Gibson. I mean, that from what I understand, like before within the last few years, uh, I don't know how long he's been in there, but he's, he's, he's been there for a little while. Uh, Helping, uh, he's one of the higher ups, of course. And, uh, I, I had heard the word, uh, I've never owned a Gibson myself, but people had been complaining that Gibson's, uh, QCing and stuff, that the, their products just weren't as good. And Gibson's are some of the most expensive guitars in the world. Uh, definitely have possibly the biggest, uh, brand recognition. Uh, I know there's other really expensive guitars out there, but like uh, the whole uh, Adam Jones guitar signature guitar series uh, is uh, made a lot of money, and it was like a huge deal whenever they put out that custom shop Les Paul. And holy fuck, <laughs> there was only a few of them, and they—if you look on Reverb now, they were initially going for six grand for the. Uh, <laughs> non-aged and non-signed one and then for the aged signed copies it was uh 10 10 grand or something like that but i think i've seen like some now going upwards is like 14 15,000 and shit i feel like i saw one something along that range for a signed one like holy fuck it's a guitar <laughs> which is uh, i mean if i had the money don't get me wrong i'd fucking buy that guitar <laughs> I don't have that money <laughs> and it doesn't seem like a good I- idea for me to drop that kind of money on a guitar unless I was going to turn around and like fucking hold on to it and sell it. Uh, 
I know that the Tom Morello signature guitar I bought during, uh, I guess it was still 2020 at the time. I uh, got it with my first stimulus check. <laughs> and uh, that has gone up. It's the selling for several hundred dollars more than what I initially bought it for, which which is good. But I think, too, that has to do with there's been shortages on wood and other things, and that's probably just driving up the cost. I don't know that that's going to continue to be that price. But what I was getting at is the Adam Jones has been teasing uh, uh, Les Paul's studio version of his signature series, the Gibson model, and there's an Epiphone, and I had been talking for a long time about getting the Epiphone, but man, I'm just, after watching all of this stuff with Gibson's uh, brand president, Cesar, and just seeing just how cool it seems like the company's be- become, and they got that uh, the Gibson Garage over in Nashville, they're putting out a record company, and I've always just loved Gibsons. I remember getting Musician's Friend magazine when I was like 15 and first kind of learning how to play a little bit and just drooling over these pictures, like coming in my mouth. <laughs> Somehow there was there was eyes, there was cum coming out of my eyes. I don't know. There was just, just staring at this like I'd like vegetate, just like looking at the Gibson Les Pauls and looking at those bursts. And just like wanting it, but like like there's no fucking way I could ever afford this. <laughs> I could never validate like spending that much money on a guitar. And uh they haven't released the price for the Epiphone or the Gibson Studio, uh, Les Paul. Which the studios with the custom shop is what like they initially released, and the custom shops are always just just very few of them made in their uh uh, but the the studio, from what I understand, I'm not like a massive guitar historian, or you know, th- I'm not that in into exactly how they uh, the the models go and all that. But from what I understand, the studio models end up being more of a large production run. So there's going to be a lot more of them. There's not going to be none of them are going to be aged and relict. Uh. They have shown a glimpse of it in a video, uh, Gibson's. They were showing off uh, Cesar's uh, guitar collection, and uh, there was the prototype for the Les Paul studio. And it it didn't have that cool green color because on the custom shop color uh, of the guitar, it's a silver burst guitar. But Adam Jones' actual guitar they based it off of is a 1979 Les Paul and those old silver bursts, um, they got that nitro finish on it and nitrocellulose finish. And over time, that stuff wears away. It's a thinner finish. From what I understand, it resonates better is why, like Gibson and these higher brands use those. Um, but they age and wear away. And uh, one of the things that happens with those silver bursts, they end up turning like green. It's this cool, like, looking green on the custom shop, which they didn't do. It appears they didn't do on (laughs) the uh, studio, uh, Les Paul. But, again, they haven't released what the price is from what I've, like, researched uh, from uh, forums and stuff, and it seems people seem to have the idea that uh, it's probably going to be in the vicinity of three grand 
for the uh, studio model, which is like half the price of the custom shop, the cheaper version of that. Still really fucking expensive. The money that I shouldn't be spending on a guitar. <laughs> but it's like, man, I, I feel it calling to me. It's like, I need it. I fucking need that Gibson. And it's really, it almost seems like I'm just paying for the name on the headstock. But I mean, they do put better parts in there and stuff. And I've just, I've never owned a Gibson. And like, I remember just being, first getting into guitar and just really wanting a Gibson. And it's really weird because I prefer playing a Stratocaster. (laughs) Though I've never played a Gibson Les Paul. I've only played Epiphones, uh, which is the cheaper knockoff. Uh, made in uh, Asia, which they've changed which country over the years. The the one I've got's uh, built in Korea. 98, I think, is when that one was made. Now I think they are predominantly made in China. I want to say they might have even been in Japan at one point, but don't quote me on that. But anyway, yeah, they <clears throat> there are some Epiphones now that are, are made in the U.S., but it's only a, and the ones that are made in the U.S. are are more expensive, but uh, of course Gibson builds their shit in the U.S. Uh, I've, it does seem silly to buy something just because uh, I don't play. It's not like I play in a band, but I do love. I do enjoy playing guitar. <laughs> it's like man, it, it is just gnawing at me, and it, I think it's just because how they they marketed it. I'm just buying into the marketing. And uh, how well Adam Jones is teasing because he's only like shown like a picture where the picture he showed for to tease the Epiphone model <laughs> and the uh, Gibson Les Paul Studio were just of the cases, and it was a little uh, GIF where it was uh, <laughs> just the cases and a little bit of music in the background. You could see that it said that. Uh, Adam Jones, 1979, an Epiphone on the one case. The other one just said Gibson. And he just said working on more prototypes or something like that. And like that was it. Drop the mic. <laughs> that was enough to get like the crack, you know, just want the fucking crack. Just want it. And they're just like, they won't announce like when they're going to actually release these. And it's, Fuck, I think I knew that Adam Jones was working with Gibson for almost like two years now, initially before, because it was like a good year or so before uh, they uh, when he first teased the fact that he was getting a signature series with Gibson, like he first teased it. It was a good year after that before they finally put out the custom shop model. So I don't really know <laughs> when they'll put out like the uh, Epiphone version or the studio version, but uh, it might still be a while. <laughs> but it's that just that long wait and like, oh, fuck. I don't know how I'm going to, like, I, hopefully I don't just, like, take my credit card out and put three grand on it. Hopefully I find a way to, like, come up with three grand. <laughs> There's a good chance I will just, like, uh, put it on put it on credit. But it's like I have to have to have it yeah I've just been thinking about like when I get it it's like now I'm starting to be like when I get this thing um although like there's a chance they might just sell out (laughs) 
even with the more models, the custom shop is just, it was the, I know the biggest selling guitar of like last year and it, it drove it. People were going nuts over it. I would imagine there's a lot of diehard tool fans. There's going to be a lot of people wanting the, uh, Epiphone and the studio, but I think there's going to be enough of the Gibson studio versions out there to where I don't have to panic (laughs) and make a bad decision immediately. (laughs) But man, that, uh, there's just, it's, wow, it's really, it's, it's like I got a bad crack habit. (laughs) I'm itching just like talking about it. Though the silver burst does look nice on it, even though it's not not the right color. I did think about, <laughs> before I really decided, like, ooh, I have to have this. Like, I was looking into ways to, like, age a guitar faster, which sounds horrible. You're going to pay three grand for a guitar and then try to age it. Uh, purposely age it, just so it looks the right color. I'm thinking I probably wouldn't do that after I spent like three grand on a guitar, but there are some minor ways I could do it, kind of speed up the aging a little bit. Um, Like you can get UV lights and uh, age it more that way. Um, They say like sunlight is what really tends to age these things a lot. And that's something I could do. I could just leave my uh, blinds open. And put the guitar where the sunlight hits and let it sit there. And I feel like that would speed up the process. But I think it takes like 20 years uh, under normal circumstances for it to age and get that kind of color. Whereas <laughs> I don't want to wait 20 years. I'm going to be I'll be 60 in 20 years. I don't know if I'm going to make it 20 more years. So I had looked into... And apparently there are people that have like kits for like doing said, (laughs) said things. Not a lot. There's like Solaris or something like that. And they actually, it was interesting watching these videos. They actually will, uh, almost like age wood with it as well. And like color wood, like they'll take like a neck or something like that. And the light will, it's pretty much like staining the wood. It's very interesting. Um, but you could also do that with the finish. However, you could, you know, mess up the guitar in other areas. <laughs> After spending that kind of money, like, I don't think I probably want to want to do that. Uh, they say also while you're, if you're doing that, you should probably have a humidifier in there to keep some moisture in there because it's going to take the moisture out of the guitar. could really fuck it up. Won't play right afterwards. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that, but I I could see myself maybe leaving it out in the sunlight, in the in a room, just leave the blinds open, maybe let it see some sun. Make treat it like a plant. Get it with some photosynthesis. You know, it needs to breathe. Oh shit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, I'm totally gonna make a bad decision as soon as they release it. I I just wish he would already. They would already like. Just at least give us a, a window of when this thing's going to be released. They just had the Summer NAM show, which is a big music show. They do a winter one and a summer one. And I thought maybe then they'd announce something about those models and not a peep. Not a fucking peep. Which, oh, I believe I mentioned on the 
podcast, but man, one really cool thing, and this makes me really want to go to the NAMM show now. Um, this last one, which happened, I guess it was in July, first, first or second week of July, something like that. They actually had Jack Black's actual guitar, one of his guitars that he plays there at the NAMM show, set up, because Third Man Records, he has the record store in Nashville, which is also where the Gibson plant is, where, like, I almost want to move to Nashville and try to work for Gibson. <laughs> That'd be one way I could get that guitar, right? Uh, but uh, Third Man Records, which is based in Nashville, is uh, Jack White's uh, record company, and they, they press their own records and stuff there. Uh, and uh, he uh, puts out other records and such. You can actually go there and get a recording of yourself immediately put on a record and do it. They have some booths set up just almost like the uh, photo booths you go into. It's pretty cool. I would love to go there, but they also have uh, handmade guitar effects pedals there, which are fucking awesome. Uh, at least the sounds and the videos that I've seen. And But the cheapest one's like 350 It's like somebody in like Estonia or somewhere... Somewhere in like Eastern Europe, I forgot where, but makes these pedals for them. And they got some really cool shit. <laughs> and the the Third Man Records is really cool too. They have live bands play there. and uh, the, But they had a booth set up at NAMM with Jack White's guitar and I would assume several of their pedals. And you, anybody could get up there and play Jack White's guitar. Like that's that's pretty fucking crazy. I mean, I love me some like white stripes and stuff. That would be pretty intense. I'm you know, not like a huge Uber fan or anything like that, not, and I haven't followed his solo stuff all that much or the rock and tours. Um, but I like a lot of it. Uh, uh, it would be pretty crazy, crazy to pick up his guitar and play it. I, I feel like I wouldn't be worthy, but <laughs> it would be something. Pretty fucking awesome. Just to play with their pedals would be pretty sweet. <laughs> it would be. I'm. It's funny. I'm talking like, oh, I can't buy one of these pedals. It's like three hundred fifty bucks. But I'm like, three grand for a guitar. Like, ooh, uh, I guess I gotta do that. Um, <laughs> you gotta have priorities, though, right? Uh, but I guess, yeah, I guess, uh, guess that's really all. All I've got. Um, as always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. 